So tonight's discussion on conflict resolution um, and negotiation are important, not just from an organizational perspective, not just from the place where we've discussed about efficiency, where if you're having conflict, it's just going to slow down any kind of change initiative that you might have, or worse, it's going to actually stifle any change initiative and sort of flatten any kind of growth trajectory. As you can see on the board, and for this week's project, um, conflict and negotiation are one and the same, but they're also very different. You need to understand both to be effective in handling both. Um, we've spoken about conflict and how inside conflict, there's always an opportunity, but the empowering aspect, aspect of conflict when you're talking about dealing with conflict management or managing conflict around you is that you have a choice in it, right? There's conflict around you every day, how you engage with it, how you lead around it, whether it's with your friends or your family or your boss. You know how people handle conflict. You know when you can bring problems to certain people. When we were talking earlier, some of your classmates tend to avoid conflict at all costs. There's a benefit to avoiding conflict at certain times, and there's a strategic component to knowing when. And the opportunity that lies in conflict comes with conflict creates problems, problems need solving, solutions are typically good for your business. But as you'll see somewhere on this board, okay, so on the other side of this conflict and negotiation balance is that it's natural, personal, and professional. Negotiation comes with everything you do. You are always negotiating. I have here, it's all a negotiation. It's all organizational. How you handle your life is going to be the same way you handle your business and how you handle your studies is the same way you handle your life. And if there's chaos in your life, there's going to be chaos. Like That wheel of life balance is important because if there's chaos in any sense of your, any slice of your pie, you're stuck. So from a personal standpoint, the more effective you manage conflict, the more peaceful things are gonna be. From a professional standpoint, the more effective you manage conflict, the more money you're gonna make. From a competitive advantage mindset, the more effective your people are at handling conflict and negotiation, the better they're gonna be able to handle their day. None of you got to this point in your day or this point in your life without a day with some conflict, the healthy kind or the aggravating kind. Everything you do is a negotiation. That voice in your head that's always talking to you and guiding you, you negotiate with it. Am I gonna get off here? Am I gonna turn? Am I gonna change lanes? Am I gonna to go to class? Am I gonna leave right now? This negotiation is more about your work. And we'll talk about really what your drivers are in a little bit, but um, you are going to be selling yourself when you go into these interviews, right? When you're going to make a sale, when let's say we've talked about some of you owning your own business. So you're not gonna have to negotiate how much you get paid, so to speak, but what you're gonna have to negotiate is how much people are going to give you things. When you go buy things, your logistical lines, how much does it cost to get stuff? Now you can't go negotiate for gas and fuel, power, 
But you can for the other resources you need. And what about compensation? What else is there to negotiate inside of your work in terms of compensation? If you can't negotiate your money, right? And I'm asking you this about your work because when you go, when you have your company, right? When you start your business, you're not going to have a lot of money. And it costs a lot of money to have staff working for you. So if you need staff to work for you but don't have a lot of money, how do you get them to come to work for you? A major conflict is not paying them. You have to avoid that. And you can't pay people the smallest amount of money, right? You're going to go on onet.com and see how much people around you are getting paid so it's competitive. And you're going to find out what makes your employees tick. Because what if your employee doesn't need $25 an hour? What if your employee needs $15 an hour and a flexible work schedule? They'll still give you the 40 hours a week you need, but they might be able to do six hours one day, 10 hours the next day, four hours, but you get your 40 every week. I would argue that you likely get more out of the employee who you pay through a flexible work schedule and give them what they need than that $25 an hour person. Because they're going to be refreshed. They're going to appreciate. And then all of a sudden your compensation is strategic. And it didn't cost you anything to have somebody at home. For the clothing industry, you guys will be able to work when you want. You'll be able to give jobs to people. You'll likely be relying on the other side of the shift. When you're sleeping, people putting your work together. And with your business, it's probably... Not going to be any rest for a while at the beginning. Make sense? Yes. If it's just your business, and it's just you running it, and it's just you operating it, and you're the HR and accounting, and, and you're the manager in the sales, you want to make sure that your conflict negotiation strategies are on point. We're always talking, you know, every day of this mod, we've been talking about skills for workplace success. Most of this class just happen to have similar core values when it comes to the businesses you want to run, with the clothing and um, pretty much most of the clothing, some restaurants, um, and some homes to, to help with senior citizens and girls. So, young girls, so... These skills that you're gaining for workplace success, your ability to manage conflict and negotiate, your ability to handle um, diversity challenges and the, uh, to your, your need and desire to embrace all forms of communication, go everywhere. It doesn't matter whether it's Apple, whether it's garbage trucks, whether it's selling clothes, whether it's selling food, whether, I mean, you want an effective drug dealing business, you're going to have to have effective conflict and negotiation techniques. You want to run an effective school? you got to have it. It doesn't matter the business. And that's what's so important to understand about your degree is that you learn these skill sets, you gain this knowledge, and your ability to work anywhere 
grows. And that's the key because whatever business you start with is not likely going to be the same business you have in 10 years. Because the business like you should grow. Your conflict negotiation strategies should change over the years. As you get more wise, as you have more experience with what works for you and what doesn't, your conflict negotiation strategies will change. So this question here, yo, what's your style? How do you fight? You need candor here. You gotta be real with yourself. I don't need an answer here. Okay, but you know how you fight. And if you're not sure, then think back to some of your relationships. I don't know whether you guys like men or women, it doesn't matter, but whoever it was that you've been with and dated, think about how you fight. Are you the type of fighter to get pushed a little bit and go nuts? Are you the type to avoid so long that it ends up becoming a huge explosive problem? Are you the type to get defensive? You want to know these things because your employees are going to test you. Relationships in your life are mirrors. They're like, they're like really, really effective spiritual boot camp. And you find out who you are inside relationships. So inside your jobs and inside your businesses, you're going to be spending hours. At, at least 40 hours a week with those people. It's oftentimes more than who you spend time with at home. So you got to be able to manage the relationships. And the most effective way to do that is to be real with yourself. How do you fight? Because if you're not good at the fighting part, if you're not good at the conflict, then you need to find ways to manage that. We're going to go over some conflict resolution strategies in a second, but... um, at this point in your lives, everybody in here is an adult. Like, you know what it takes to calm down after a fight. You have to apply those same techniques to your business. Because if you create chaos because of your conflict management style inside your business, you're costing yourself money. It could be with customers. It could be with um, staff. And both cost you money on different sides, right? The, you get into a conflict with your customers... They leave. Maybe they have a huge following. Maybe they ruin the reputation of your business. Do it with an employee. They leave. They take their knowledge and experience with them. You have to hire someone else. Months, weeks, months, 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 trying to get them acclimated to the new job and productive again. If you can prevent high turnover just because you're effective at managing conflict and negotiating things with people, you're going to run your business better. And you're likely to run that business better than the same person who's doing the same exact thing. Because none of you have anything that's, that's totally unique in your business, right? Like I, I could come in and duplicate exactly what you're doing. I could steal the idea from your business. So then what do you do to be competitive? If you were in my motivational speaking seminars or I was consulting for your business, I would tell you that the only way to then to sustain a competitive advantage is through how you manage your people, how you negotiate their needs, how you manage their day. Because it's key. You need happy staff. My energy isn't great with everyone. And there's some people that when they come into an office or they come into a classroom and 
I start to, hey, how are you? They get a little unnerved. I've had really good employees like that, that I cannot come in and disturb. My job as an effective manager is to know that. I have to be able to negotiate my day around that because my goal, your goal when you run your business is to do one thing, be F and F, efficient and effective. The way you communicate, the way you make money, the way you get your stuff. And that comes through how you negotiate your things. Right now, you're looking at how you get your stuff, right? You're going to have to negotiate with people in China to get the clothing here. You're going to have to negotiate with designers to get your stuff the way looking the way you want. Um, all part of the business. Know how you fight, though. Like, for real. Figure it out. Okay, you spend a lot of time just letting yourself go. Um... I'm not saying that your energy and your anger is ever not right, but there's certainly been some times in your lives when you've reacted in a way for a right situation that you might have changed. And if you feel like you haven't done that, then we should probably talk. Any questions yet? I got a Kindle. I'm not looking at a book. I'm on, um, I'm at um, harvard.edu. But um, the succession, this is the skills for workplace success is a professionalism book that you should have downloaded on your, uh, this, this particular chapter, I think it's chapter 12 in your skills for your workplace success book. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of you having a book and then having to read it in class, like because you bought the book and can do that if you want. Um, we've gone over like seven chapters in the book already. This is twelve and thirteen, I think. All right, so first one, the first conflict resolution strategy is going to be about recognizing. Okay. So if I were to tell you that you need, if we were having a discussion about conflict and the conflict discussion evolved to how you handle it, what can you do to influence conflict and negotiation? And the first thing that I mentioned to you was recognize. What's the first thing to come up in your head? Recognize the problem. Yeah, probably got to figure out how to spell. I just I was so busy about this next thought I left the letter out. So you have to recognize the problem, right? Which can be challenging because as a manager, by the time the conflict gets to you, it's usually moved past any kind of problem recognition, right? And the reason that it's moved past the problem recognition is because of bias.
And bias is real. Bias is natural. Bias is subconscious. Um, and bias is conscious. You know, there are things that we just feel certain ways about for legitimate reasons, for myths. It's just the way we believe. But when it comes to bias and conflict, things get a little sticky because usually the conflict starts because both parties think they're right. Well, now you have to recognize that to get to the root of the problem, to solve the conflict, to get things to harmony, one of the two people inside the conflict either are going to be told that they're wrong, which is certainly a way to go. There is the win-win where both parties are going to be happy. Very difficult. Right? There is avoidance. You can recognize the problem and leave it. It's a choice, and it's not always bad, right? Because there's some conflicts that you don't want to, management doesn't need to get into. You have relationships building with people. You're, you can have a company where everybody has their own jobs. You are still a team. And the only way for teams to be effective is to be cohesive. And the only way to become cohesive is to sort of fight a little bit. And as you get to know each other, each person's bias is going to influence these little conflicts. So as a manager, do you jump in and put the fight out? No, you just keep it nice and even. Make sure nobody's getting bullied. Make sure communication's open. Because ultimately, you want teams around you that are organic, that grow on their own, that make decisions on their own, that are able to handle things on their own. And you want this in your life, right? Because if you have an effective conflict negotiation strategy that helps recognize problems, identifies that there's bias, your decision-making process is going to have the clarity you need to handle problems quickly. And I can... I mean, I don't know what's in your head, but if problems were measured based on the length of time you have to deal with them and you knew that whatever problem you were having to deal with was a length of time issue, you'd see it very different, no? That's weird. Like Alexa's kicking up on the Kindle. Look, see? I'm not talking to you. So, okay, so talking about conflict and negotiation and the word avoid comes up. Now, if I were telling you someone is being avoidant, it's likely that that discussion is then going to revolve around something negative. That somebody, somebody's being avoidant in a relationship, not want to talk about something, trying to avoid an issue. But what about when it comes to conflict? 
and the word avoid. Let's talk about it as an action. The reason why I, I, I try to hammer home the you got to know you, the we need candor here, you got to know how you fight, is because we tend to have these little ninja words, right? These little ninja ticks that influence how we communicate, right? Most of communication that happens isn't even by mouth. It's by your hands and your gesture and your face. I have this, I have this conversation with my son quite a bit. Because he'll say something to me with a look on his face and it's so disrespectful. And he doesn't even mean it. But he hears about it real quick. I'm like, bro, you're, you can't look at me like that. What do you, if you're going to look at me like that, then it's gonna, it changes the whole dynamic. Or what about you're in the middle of a conversation with someone and while they're talking, they make a face and roll their eyes. That gesture communicates, you shouldn't be asking me a question. You don't deserve to talk to me. Step off. Well, if you're on the other side of that, I don't deserve to what? Do what? What? And if you're an employee and you're a manager, what would you just do to the production from that staff member? You killed it. None of you would work hard for somebody who treats you like that. If any of you are in relationships, you know we're talking about this from a business standpoint, professional and personal, if that's how things break down inside your relationships, you guys to go. Or if you don't want to leave the relationships you're in, then you guys need to figure out how to get through conflict. But that face, that word, that gesture, it can be a provocation. We talked, I think, one of the first couple of days of the class about how certain people talk certain ways, you know. Some Spanish people are really animated. I'm really animated. You need to make sure that the people you're communicating to are okay with that. Not only that, that the atmosphere is such, right? You don't want to bring somebody into your office to sit down and have a chat with you and you stand up to start talking. The gesture is provocative. On the street, it means you want to fight. In business, it means you want conflict still but we're gonna do it in a different way. Your ability to fight is key. Just like it would help you survive in the street, the business world is no different. You know the golden rule about treating people the way you wanna be treated? It's really great. The problem is that people often treat people the way they were treated, not the way they wanna be treated. And we, as human beings, we have a natural tendency to match and mirror. This is good, this is bad, right? That's why oftentimes your relationships will mimic the same type of behavior until it hurts you enough to change. Well, if you have people inside conflict, the most effective way to get through and avoid provocation to be kind. 
you'd be really hard pressed to, to find a difference in management and parenting. Because you're dealing with conflict and you're dealing with arguments and you're dealing with people's emotions and you're dealing with everything else that goes on in their life. That's again part of the negotiation in it, right? That as people try to negotiate their lives, they have to negotiate work and to effectively do that, you need to be able to balance it well. As managers, you can help that with flexible compensation or time off. You see your staff is burnt out but you need to get to a deadline, it might be better to give them a little break. You'll be able to figure that out. Um, If you're engaged in your business, you'll get the energy, the vibe of it. And if things don't feel right, got to go. So, what are your thoughts when you see that? It's a versus us mentality. We're talking about conflict resolution. What are your thoughts when I say versus us? Why would that be something um, that's important? Middle of the week, we're a little tired. What you can't have is a versus us mentality. This goes to how you fight. It's more like you take it personal. Right. 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 Like if I come to you and I'm like, listen, I want to help you walk down the stairs so we can both get down there easily. Or if I come to you and I'm like, hey, listen, I'm going to walk down the stairs with you, but I don't want you falling on me. Don't fall on me. You're not being productive there. This is a don't fall on me instead of a let's be inclusive. Right? It goes back to being kind. But if in your head you feel like every time you're in a fight that it's the world against you, you need to know that. And there's a tricky dynamic, right? Because if, you, if your driver and your motivator in life is no one's going to tell me I can't, the world's not putting me down, I'm going to get it. And then you've got to shut that off because you need to be kind. It can be challenging. So what you do is, instead of an us versus them mentality, you make it inclusive. You make everyone around you the same mentality. Not the same skill sets. Right? You want the accountant and the HR, you want the sales and the managers, all to have different skill sets, but the same mentality. And it's not versus us. And interestingly enough, when you're talking about competition, there is sort of a this is us mentality, but it's not a versus us. The other problem with when, when con- with there's a this is a versus us versus them mentality inside conflict, um, it's really challenging 
to get people to see common goals. Right? I've, I've, you can't stand around me for too long without discussing um, the need to have your goals and drivers, right, and your purpose in life. And if everyone's mentality is about the same purpose, then it's like you're putting a gang together or a squad or an army where each part of your little division or your chapter or your department, your company has somebody that has a skill set that makes your purpose more achievable, right? But that has the same mentality as you. For me, if we can't vibe, I don't want you in my building. It doesn't mean that you're not a good employee. You just don't vibe with me. And I don't want to have to stop in the middle of my day to reset my vibe and how I'm doing because you don't connect with that. Because what it's going to do is it's going to make me start to resent you. Not purposefully. But if I go, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Oh, hi. It's a gear shift. That's not what I want in my company. But I have people working for me. You'll have people working for you. And that means that you're going to have people in certain days that just don't want it. And that'll be your trick. Some days you'll push people too far. Some people you set somebody off. You have to be able to understand that everybody's moving the same direction. Because if you're all part of the same team and somebody pisses you off or somebody does something that you feel is disrespectful, it's easier to get over. But if it's filled with resentment, then it just supports this mentality that, yeah, I knew they weren't part of us. So, we talk about this stage of conflict management. One of the things that, at this stage in your life, you should understand, it's gonna happen in your business too, that a lot of fights start for reasons that don't have anything to do with fight. You know, I mean, you guys been in relationships before with somebody and you're upset about something, so you start to fight about something else. It's con- it's, it's, it could be subconscious when it happens, but when you look back, you identify, yeah, I was mad about something else, and, and if I'm going to be mad, then you're going to be mad too. It's natural. But to solve the problem, you have to look deep. And that's pretty much what number four is about is the causes of conflict. Do you have two people that just happen to be having a bad day that got into a conflict with each other? Are two people conflicting over resources? Did something happen? Did something say, they say something? Do they date? Are they, do they have a social life outside of work? Anything. If you can't go back to number three and recognize it, 
Uh, I mean, number one, and recognize it. And you're not, you don't have this mentality inside your office um, to identify the things that are supposed to be right. Then trying to look deep into the source of problems is going to be a real challenge. That effective communication, you'll never find it. When I say effective communication, I don't typically tell companies how to communicate, just that they need to. Communication channels should be organic. You have an organization that has this very structured vertically where decisions have to go up and then get approved and then come back down with approval. Um, you'll probably find how inefficient those companies are. I would say that your business should not be that. Any questions so far? So if you're having a conflict with someone and I said, uh, you guys came to me and we needed to figure out a way to resolve it. And I told you to look deep. What are you doing first? See where it begins, okay. What else? How would you solve the problem? First thing you're going to do is communicate, no? Mm -hmm. I'm always about looking into how you handle it. How do you like to communicate? How do you like to be communicated to? If you're in the middle of a conflict with someone and your boss comes over and just tells you guys to be quiet, that's not a conflict resolution technique. You can't just shut it down because by doing that, you're just highly disrespectful. Don't come up and tell me to just be quiet. Even if you have to be respectful in a manner where you need to tell people that, hey, listen, you need to be quiet. There's a way to do it. If you're not going to be respectful in the way that you communicate, in the way that you deliver information, then you need to hire someone who can. Because you're not going to manage your people well. And what are you going to do? It costs a lot of money to train and develop. Put a, it, you put a lot of effort into getting people to understand how you want to do business. It costs a lot to replace them. Don't run them out. Here we go. So, number five. Separate. This one comes up a lot in relationships between two people. 
you're upset about something and then there's another reason to get upset. So you mend both of them together and then being pissed off about something real big. Right? Like if two people inside your company are, let's say, fighting over a stapler, but there's a deadline to get a job out at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Right? What's the issue there? The stapler? No. So you have to be able to separate them. And if they are fighting over a stapler, you need to let them know that the time to fight over the stapler is later. You're negotiating with them another time to fight. You guys will get your chance to throw down. Because people need a chance to get it out. And you need to give that to them. Especially if just letting them hash it out is going to be your way of avoiding provocation. Because what you're going to have, if you allow them to hash it out, if you create the atmosphere they need to communicate through their conflict effectively, is two much more effective employees. And you didn't do anything. You didn't spend any money. Well, I mean, what we went through yesterday, you know how much it costs to be in class every day. But it's not like you're going to lose them now because you couldn't separate it. The universe, God, whatever you believe in, is no joke. It's not... I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in your life, but there's a good chance you're going to see chances to do this this week. It's not an accident this is today's topic. Separating is key. If everybody has the same purpose, then separating the real issues aren't as challenging, right? Like... So, to be able to effectively separate, you have to, one, communicate what both sides' needs are, right? And anytime you're communicating needs, it's good for the company, good for your people. Because the more you know, in terms of staff, of your staff's needs, the better you're able to motivate them. I mean, some people just need a, wow, you're doing a great job. Some people need it every day. Some people need at the end of the week, listen, you're doing a great job. I'm going to give you a half hour break. Have a good day. That half hour is not changing your business. But you know what the employees doing when they come back to work on Monday? They're thankful. They're refreshed. They feel valued. And it's free. But you can't do any of these without knowing what drives you. You can't do any of these without knowing what your purpose is. You can't do any of these without knowing what your company's drivers are. You can't do any of these without knowing what your company's purpose is. You hear about mission statements and vision statements all the time. But they're important because they help get you through all this. As a manager, they let you know what conflict is good and what conflict is bad. So you can identify, wait a minute, right? If there's bad conflict inside your workforce, people are bickering and people are stressed out. You can't run in there and put those fires out and tell everybody to stop fighting. Nobody wants to be told that. But as a business owner, because you have a really effective way to manage conflict, you recognize the problem, right? People are bickering. You can hear it in the office. Things are a little more quiet. Energy's different. People aren't smiling and laughing as much, 
Okay? You avoid provocation, right? What's the provocation in the atmosphere like that? They're already bickering. So you're not going to go in there and be a jerk off, are you? You're going to go in and try to calm things down. Because you know you. You know your energy. What's going on, guys? Are people overworked? You know. I mean, you know. And having an us versus them mentality inside your organization um, is a management flaw. Right? Your purpose should be what drives you, not victimization. Everybody hates me, so I'm gonna. Everybody's always told me no, so I'm gonna. You're gonna because you can. You're gonna because you have the gifts. You're gonna because you spent at least $17,000 on your knowledge, skills, and abilities to get it done. That's why you need to know about conflict management and negotiation. Any questions?